Hello and welcome to season three of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary. I can't believe we're still doing this. Oh my gosh, I'm Teej. And what what could possibly stop us, Mary? I don't know at this point. I honestly don't know. And I wonder sometimes. Season three, wow, it is really kicking it up a notch. Mary, we are cooking with grease this season. We are firing on all cylinders. Oh my God. And speaking of fire, I don't know about you, but I think there may be some explosive plot twists coming our way. (laughs) Did you say explosive? Yeah, are we this getting... place about to blow. Are we going to get sued? <laughs> Have the money. Please don't sue us. They can take all the royalties. We don't make any money. Because you know what? There's no real There's no real sponsors. But each week, we're going to have a couple fake ones. We sure will. And you're going to learn all about them coming up now on the Melrose Placecast. Hello and welcome to the Melrose Placecast. Today we're talking about season three, episode nineteen, titled "Boxing City." I'm Mary. I'm Teej, and I just realized that the episode is literally a spoiler. It really is. It really is. But you don't know until the very end. I didn't know until the very beginning of this recording. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's because you watched this six days ago. Six. Six days ago. That's why I watch it up sometimes literally up to 20 minutes before recording. I think that's generous. <laughs> All right. Mary, can I give you just a teaser of the three quotes that I picked out long ago, not just seconds before no. we started recording? Days ago. You've been giving this thought and great a great deal of... Okay. Quote. Why do people marry only one spouse? Who made that rule? Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Second quote. I could care less about your other patients. <laughs> okay, Karen. And finally, you got it. You got it. That's my argument. Oh, well, you'll tell me more. <laughs> finally, your beefcake boyfriend isn't satisfied with writing parking tickets. <laughs> That's a great line. I wish I had someone to use it on. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, did you... Did uh, This one, this whole episode is just so rife with opportunities for me to take quotes and uh, bend them out of context in order to make them artistic in nature. <laughs> there is so much beautiful trash here. It is a, a landfill of opportunity for me. It's wonderful. What you know what? Fine. Can I <laughs> can I give you my first argument? Yes, please, please. I'm gonna begin. You know what? I'm gonna begin with this. Your beefcake boyfriend isn't satisfied with writing parking tickets. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So not a recap podcast, but let me recap nevertheless. Yeah. Let's recap the whole thing anyway. All right. As you remember, last week, Kimberly had Matt jumped uh, because he wouldn't change her crazy test. Can I just sidebar? I don't think I said this out loud last week. Where does this particular woman who is a doctor, a medical doctor who works a lot, where is she finding all these goons to beat up people all the time? Like, I can't find a single goon, and I don't work nearly <laughs> as much as Kimberly does. Maybe these goons are connected with Maria, her nurse that's been with her for a long time. Remember when she was speaking Spanish to yeah. the nurse? And it sounded like she said the baby was muy caliente. <laughs> <laughs> I think of it often. Do you know what, can I tell you the only Spanish I know? Yes. It's, uh, como te guste mi pinga, en mis cojones. Several years of Spanish, as you know, I am an award-winning Spanish pronunciator. Yeah. In the small high school I went to. 
I don't know what that means. Well, it came from um, a television or a movie, actually. Oh, you didn't learn this one in school. Uh, the movie is titled Trick. Ah. It was a gay movie. Okay. In the 90s. This is all making sense. We've got Tori Spelling in it. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the main characters is at a gay piano bar in New York City. Mm. And there's a musical theater bag. Like, that's what we're going for. It was the 90s. We could say it, people. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. He said it's fine. And uh, he's, he's, it's a piano bar, so he grabs a microphone and he's singing a tale. Okay? Oh. And this is how it goes. He said, I told my friend the writer how happy I would be if he'd write an opening number, especially for me. I don't know. I don't know lyrics, lyrics, lyrics. And then he got the song lyrics and he said, I said I can't say that in public. I said even I wouldn't dare. Because the song was, how do you like my junk? Pinga. Oh. My pinga. Ah, okay. mis cojones. I was familiar with the cojones, but yeah. we, again, we did not learn that in my high school Spanish class. Listen, no, you did not. Um, I recommend people go watch the movie Trick uh, to get the correct version of the story I just told. But also you will hear the song, Enter You, Voila, It's Showtime. Because the musical theater fag said to Tori Spelling, Chorus, chorus, chorus. Just give him the chorus. So she has a song that's just all chorus. There's no connection. It's just, enter you. La la, it's showtime. She didn't have lyrics. Is it I don't know. It live in my mind. Can you ask your parents to check on their description? <laughs> okay, so listen, we're recapping Kimberly and Matt. We yes, should, we're still yes. at last week. Oh my god, I'm sorry, yes, yes. Goons, that's right, we got goons. it. Goons, she's got the goons, she's got right. Maria. Okay, uh, Matt's detective, turns out he's gay as well. Okay. He's got a lot going on, that guy. Mm -hmm. Kimberly, I thought this was a particularly egregious plot hole. Kimberly was able to get the results changed on her crazy test while Matt was laid up in the hospital. And it turns out the company that, took, that gave the results <laughs> did, did, didn't save a copy. Sounds like a former workplace. Kimberly <laughs> reminds Matt correctly that he changed blood alcohol content tests. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a little back and forth. And Kimberly says, Matt, you're pathetic. And Matt says, and your wig is crooked. <laughs> He got her. He got her. He really got her. Like, good for Matt. When he gets it, he gets it good. All right. Later, Matt is having lunch with the detective. We know it's lunch because he says, I'm having lunch. But it is clearly nighttime. Maybe he's, like, European. They were outside. Like it was night. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want it to be a date. So he was like, no, it's lunch. Anyway, Kimberly gets pulled over by Officer Gayface. I can say it. I wrote him as Detective Gay in my notes because I didn't know his name. <laughs> Gayface. Your name is better. Officer right. Gayface. Officer Gayface. So he pulls Kimberly over, gets her out of the... And she's like, what did I do? Did I run a stop sign? And he says, out of the car, ma'am. And he pulls a gun on her, puts her face down on the sidewalk, cuffs her. Oh, my God. And says, while he cocks his gun at her, I don't tolerate gay bashers. Holy shit. There's a lot. This guy's got some stuff going on. Yeah, okay. But let me... It's still artistic. Let me get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's art. So much. Um, later, the next day... Matt had found out about this and yells at Officer Gayface. He didn't care for this. He did not. Uh, Matt's in an elevator and Kimberly sneaks in so it's just the two of them in an elevator. Like, this is my favorite scene of the whole episode, I think. This okay, before we get to it, 
Uh, this is a good reminder about Tammy Baldwin, our good senator. <laughs> so she's pushing for a law because of what the Supreme Court is doing to make uh, the, the Senate pass a law legalizing same-sex marriage. So even if the Supreme Court overturns Obergefell, it's still standard. Marco Rubio was the senator from Jackass, senator from Florida, mm -hmm. uh, is caught by reporters and he's saying how bad it is and how unnecessary it is. And to escape the reporters, he goes into the elevator where he is alone with the only lesbian senator in American history, Tammy Baldwin. <laughs> only openly lesbian senator. Don't come for me. If Gen Z listened to our podcast, they'd be so disappointed. Does your nephew listen? My ne no. No. no he's we too know busy. he doesn't. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so they're alone in the elevator, and Kimberly says, Your beefcake boyfriend isn't satisfied writing parking tickets. <laughs> it's a great line. It's mm -hmm. cute. I love beefcake. It's, you know, people don't say beefcake anymore. That's not a thing. Like it was in the 90s. People were always saying, oh, Don't beefcake. you remember British Barber beefcake? Yeah, he was great. He had to stop wrestling from a parasailing accident. Someone's knees crashed into his face. I didn't tell a joke, Mary. That's real sad. Why are you laughing? That's so sad. Come on. Knees <laughs> in the face. Every wrestler, like, is destroyed with not even the wrestling. It's always some ridiculous thing that happens in their free time. And it's just too much. Anyway, oh. Kimberly calls for a truce. And they are truce, apparently. It was adorable. It was adorable. These two, listen, if they teamed up, now that we know how devious Matt can be. They could take everybody out. They could everybody take everybody on the show would be out. Like. But Mary, can I tell you why the beefcake boyfriend line is high art for the generation? You know I'm already pro beefcake. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and, the, you know, there's the alliteration. I know how you feel about oh little, my God. little wordplay. Double Bs, beefcake. And the F's too, because you have the F in beef, and then the F in friend. Oh yeah, my God, there's so much happening. Beefcake boyfriend. Double alliteration. Oh. Okay. Uh, take your beefcake boyfriend to the lake. Oh, man, that would do it for you. Because oh. then you throw in the rhyme. Lake? I don't... Cake? Lake? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. never mind. Sorry. Anyway, here's why it's high art for the generation. Uh, you might think this is a stretch to find the art in this storyline. You know what? I'm open to it. It was the 90s. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was, we were going through a moment as a society, yeah. and I can tell you, as a gay-ish person in 1995, gay-ish only a few, mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody knew, but <laughs> only a few people have been told, mm -hmm. um, if someone found out you were gay, they would say, oh my gosh, I know one other gay person, you should meet him. So, because... It's like some sort of endangered penguins. Yeah, yeah. So, because <laughs> there, were, there were two gays, they must be boyfriends. Yeah. They're not boyfriends. Matt's, no. Matt's real mad about this. Matt's real clear he does not want to be with this guy. With beefcake. Beefcake, not yeah. boyfriend. That's a higher for the generation. Two gays, they're fucking. Well, I mean, you know, to a what? certain extent. What? What? <laughs> they may not be boyfriends. <laughs> you don't have to be that. Um, this is awkward because I, I love your argument, but I also was going to talk about how this was trashy. Mm -mm. So I feel like maybe we both can win here. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, I called this, she is certifiable. I used to have the psychological test results to prove it. <laughs> that was another one of my favorite lines. So I want to recap the whole thing. Yeah. So Kimberly shows her work. She's mad at Matt. Or Matt finds her in the locker room. Uh, and they have their little, their little uh, shit about, oh, she, <laughs> she, he talks about, when he said the testing service doesn't keep copies, I just died. <laughs> like, this is the funniest thing. Uh, and then he's like, she's like, yeah, you changed Michael's blood alcohol results. And he's like, which by the way, she was a victim of that accident. She does have a right yeah, to be pissed off. Pissed yeah. Off. He, it made her barren. <laughs> barren. She had, a, she had to steal a baby. She had to. There was uh, no she had to steal child. a dead baby from <laughs> her friend. 
Uh, that's like, I did that to save your precious little Michael. If it wasn't for me, he'd be up in Lawn Park, and you'd be baking hacksaws into devil's food cake. Which made me laugh, because you don't hear that joke much anymore either, about people baking, like, knives and things into jail. Yeah, that was a real thing in DuckTales. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. They talk about that a lot. Yeah, they do. They were really, they were trying to get them out of jail. That was hot in the 90s. Um, anyway. DuckTales. So, anyway, yeah, so they have their thing. He tells her her wig is crooked, and that was a great, um... Like you said, he goes to lunch with Detective Gay. Uh, Matt is Officer not, Gay Face. Officer Gay Face. Um, Matt's like, yeah, I don't want to go out with you. And Detective Gay Face, Officer Gay Face, doesn't look happy about that. Kimberly, like you said, gets pulled over. And he pulls a gun and shoves her on the ground. There are bystanders. And he tells They're them, watching, but they don't have cell phone video. Don't have cell phone Everything video. changed when we could record the cops. And listen, right. they can't tell you to stop. You record the cops. You just keep going. Much like we just keep recording these episodes. Prosecute they tell us the police. They tell us to stop, but we won't. Uh, she does the whole, I'm a doctor. I work at the hospital. And I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, so he, he interrupts her up. Uh, he tells Matt the next day at the coffee stand. And Matt's like, that is not cool. He says, she's certifiable, John. I used to have the psychological test results to prove it. And that was a great line. Uh, Matt just wanted all this to calm down. She's capable of anything. And... Officer Gayface is like, don't you worry. If she steps out of line again, you just let me know. And Matt's like, this is police harassment. And that's before people talked about police harassment very much. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Officer Gayface says, quote, I look at it as a perk. Red flags. Uh, he says, I'm not the kind of super macho cop that goes around beating up on people. I'm like, you literally are. You, you that's, literally, that's, that's what happened, sir. That is what we did. This, that's what happened. This is the one time we saw it. You probably do it, Mark. He says, if you want me to back off, you say the word. And Matt immediately says, I want you to back off. Well, I didn't mean it. Don't, I don't mean it. Uh, yeah, okay, then the scene. Each, oh, so Matt and Kimberly in the elevator. Like, this is, a, I could watch this all day. Again, if these two could get together, and it would be like the Joker and, like, Poison Ivy. It would just be amazing. They would be getting it all, Everyone would be destroyed. They could destroy mm -hmm, everyone mm -hmm. if they teamed up. Uh, she talks about his beefcake boyfriend. Uh, and I, what I liked about the scene so much is she's angry, but she's also like kind yeah. of impressed yeah, and she's yeah. kind of like, good job. Like you got me, like right. you got me this one time and, uh, she's getting sassy and he's like, you can't get too nasty, Kimmy. The police are on your tail. And like you said, she finally just sighs and says truce. And he's like, I'll think about it. For the record, neither of them are in a position to call off the beefcake boyfriend. No, I They, they cannot call the truce. No, I don't think we've seen the last of Beefcake. Also, I don't think Matt's in a good position to not be dating this guy. I think he he's the type that may force himself into a date. He might. He might. Uh, so this ends with them in the elevator. She says, listen, next time you go for a man in uniform, why don't you pick up a male man? And Matt, <laughs> Matt kind of laughs. And he gets on the elevator. Funny. And she just stands there kind of looking like she's had a good time. And I just thought this was real cute. I, I That's not how I expected this to end for now. I thought it was going to keep escalating and maybe it does. Yeah. I don't remember. But this I, again, these two are a fun pair. You know, at a certain point though, it's going to blow. <laughs> was he home that night? Yeah, everybody was there. Right. Um, Mary, I don't mean to be dramatic. Okay. Not you, no. But when I arrived here, I brought two pints of ice cream. Yes. And they are not here. Would you like me to fetch them? No, not yet. Let's finish this half. But then Jesus. we really need to, we need it. Would you like me to take them out of the freezer to soften? I know. Yeah, well, we could do it. We could do it like, let, okay, let me, I, I, I see It's you, literally like 10 feet away. I, no, we don't want the background noise. I see you trying to stall for my next powerful point. Okay. But I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Okay. 
Why do people marry only one spouse? Who made that rule? Followed immediately by Sydney saying, God? Unexpected answer from Unex- Sydney. <laughs> no, remember, we gathered. She's a very, rather religious person. She, On certain occasions. She went to church with Home Alone at Christmas to <laughs> stop being a prostitute. I think that's it. But it was a very nice scene. It was, was a very nice scene. There was a, the Home Alone choir. Macaulay Culkin was hiding. <laughs> that old man was probably there. Yeah. yeah the that, beard. That old... Okay, listen. I suspect that you are going to discuss Sydney and Ricky yeah. as trash. So I yeah. will stick just to this quote. Okay. Also, I want the ice cream. I can do it right now. No, no, no. Let the record show. You can do it very quietly. It's vegan ice cream, which makes it better because we can both eat it. We can both eat it that yeah. way. That is nice. Two separate pints. You'll get yeah. to you'll get to pick which one you want. Now, I do worry that all this talk about vegan ice cream is making our listeners very jealous because I'm sure they would love some. See if we can get a sponsorship company. We should. I'm yes. going to leave that in your capable hands. Okay. Okay. But listen, why is this quote? Why do people marry only one spouse? Who made that rule? Here's why it's high art for the generations. I look forward to whatever. The- do you remember? Let's go back in time to the darker days of American history. Okay. 2014, 2015, 2013, 2011, 2012. Okay. okay. We were arguing for gay marriage. Now, I saw a meme recently. Maybe it was a, a comedy clip. I don't know. Some internet content. Much like we are internet content producers. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah. And I, it was a comedian who said, You know, us millennials, we thought we were progressive because we were fighting for gay marriage. And we were like, let the gays get married. Let them. And, and they were like, no, absolutely not, never, okay? <laughs> and then Gen Z came around and said, gender is a myth, sexuality is fluid, and a couple can be up to nine people. And they said, okay, you can have gay marriage. <laughs> you drive a hard bargain, you can have gay marriage. That's what this quote is capturing. You remember the oh. argument against gay marriage was, if you let two people of the same sex marry, what's next? Polygamy? Which, by the way, for the record, was long before gay marriage. That was all the way back. That was mm-hmm. that was long ago. Way back, way <coughs> back in the Bible. Or man on dog marriage. I think that was Rick's term. That was so Do you remember? Yes. Someone going to marry their stapler? Can I? I will say I received. It was not a meme. It was okay. An old lady. <laughs> Someone told me the other day of a woman who was married to a carnival ride. See, that's See? parked in her yard. And I, I don't know if it, it didn't address if it's legal. No. <laughs> But, like, she goes out and she sits, it folds up. It's some sort of tall thing that flattens, like, and yeah. she sits inside it and she has a table she sets with her husband. Yeah. And she does it inside there so the neighbors can't see and think that it's weird. And I'm Good. like, well, that might be a sign that it's weird. Like, But what, that was Martin that said that. Why do people okay. marry only one spouse? Who made that rule? And that was exactly the argument we were hearing back then. When if, I think at this point in American society, Hawaii's Supreme Court had accidentally legalized gay marriage, which made the the rest of the country freak the fuck out. Even though they're so far away, it almost doesn't count. It doesn't count, right? Like, Hawaiians are... It's so far away. Yeah. And, like, we stole that from the Hawaiians. Why are we have a, Why do we have Hawaii? Well, what do we have? We're like a billion miles away from there. Do you know what I learned from my... You Let know, our, back. Our fellow podcasters, Pod Save America. Apparently, we overthrew a Hawaiian queen. Yes! Why we did, did, why did we do that? Because sometimes we're jerks. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Sometimes our country is a little jerky. Not in my history book. My history book came from Texas. <laughs> What's that thing they want to start calling slaves in the history? What the hell was it? It's like, oh God, I can't remember what it was. It was like forcibly I'm, moved I'm, people. I'm leaving Mary hanging. 
It was terrible though. It was like the it was total bullshit. Come Google this. Okay. No, they'll, they'll hear the clickety clackety. Oh, you'll do it on your phone. Anyway, that's my argument, Mary, is that the the statement of you know if you let the gays get married, then poly- polygamy is next. Which, by the way, I don't see the problem with polygamy. I don't care. Who did make this rule? I don't care. Who made the rule? Involuntary relocation. Are you sure that's not the Japanese internment camps? They should call it that too. That was also horrible. Was like, that was that the Trail of Tears? Like, there's so much involuntary relocation in our history. And at least we let the Hawaiians. You know what? I'm going on record. Let let the Hawaiians have their thing back. Like they were doing a great job before we got there. They'll We'd still let us come visit. They'll still let us yeah, visit. They'll take our money. Listen, our we money's should great. we should give Hawaii back to Hawaiians and just take Puerto Rico instead. Puerto Rico want to be gotten. No, because they could be gotten at any point, too. Well, then I, then I think what the answer well, is. Well, we, we're not going to read you all these flags, Mary. We have, they have 50 stars. Can we just split a state in half? Oh, yeah. Another Dakota? I think this northern part of Wisconsin, which is the UP, which would make more sense, because we have nothing to do with the rest of you south of Highway 8. Great, great, great. Two senators for 50 people. <laughs> I could be senator. <laughs> Mary, I think we need to take a break. We gotta get you that ice cream. You're I need that fucking ice cream. I brought it here so long ago. And, so long ago. And it's still in the freezer. Because well, you can... said, should we freeze it for a minute? <laughs> Listeners, I'm sorry if you want some ice cream. You're gonna have to wait. You're gonna have to go to the store on your own time. This week's episode of the Melrose Place cast is so proudly brought to you by Beefcake Boyfriend. Oh my god. We're gonna, Finally! Yeah, Beefcake Boyfriend is here to take regular tasks and throw in threats of violence. Oh, I've been looking for someone. Now, you'll remember the original Beefcake Boyfriend is Officer Gayface, <laughs> who uh, when <laughs> was not satisfied with writing parking tickets for Dr. Kimberly Shaw. No. And instead threw her on the ground, cuffed her, and cocked a gun against her head. And scared off bystanders. And scared off bystanders, yes. So, there are other services, though. Uh, three good examples where Beefcake Boyfriend can come in to save the day. I look forward to learning more about Beefcake Boyfriend because there's alliteration. Or, or at least add a sense of drama to the day. Okay. You know, because of the gay face. Well. So, uh, imagine you are going to the mall. Let me picture it, okay? Picture it because you need a good shoe fitting. I'm going to JCPenney. You're going to JCPenney. You're going to go to the shoe fitter. Yeah, and uh, she or he or they are going to like have one of those little shoehorny things. That cool little machine you put the, your foot on. The cool little machine, yeah, but that's yeah. that's basic Betty stuff. Oh. This is like legit. It's got you're going to shoehorn you into a little a little gadget, okay. right? And then okay. as your foot is in there, he's going to shoehorn the other one in, and then he's going to lock those two together and seal them up so you can't move because they are connected with a solid piece of metal between them. Oh. You can't run now. Could you hop away? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he'll just trip you because he'll he'll take a whip and like snap at it and yank the little metal thing and then you'll fall and tumble. It'll be a very humorous scene. I mean, for others. Yeah. And as you're there on the ground, he'll come up behind you okay. and say, "Don't forget to tie your laces." Mm-hmm. He sounds stern. He sounds stern. Now picture you're still at the mall, Mary. I, am I at the piercing pagoda? No, you're not at the piercing pagoda. That has enough violence in and of itself. <laughs> we really should stop piercing baby's ears, by the way. We really yeah, should stop doing that. Yeah, I don't think that's... Uh, you, the baby should get to decide. Yeah, the baby should get to decide. In the meantime, you should give the baby magnetic earrings. They or should, not at all. They should still be adorned. What if they choke on them? And you know what? Listen. If there's one thing babies are good at, it's choking on things. Do you know what the number one threat to the climate is? The baby's choking Population. 
So I'll just leave it there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Listen. Listen, Mary. Wow. You're at the mall. <clears throat> Say you don't need a shoe fitting. Where am I now? You, am I you need a nice baked hand-rolled pretzel. Right. You know, like, uh, well, but what I'm about to say, I'm not going to name any brand. But you know the one that I used to work at. I don't know why you don't just name it. Well, they'll sue us. Does it still exist? Auntie M? Auntie M from Auntie M's? Auntie M's. You know what? My Peloton coach talked about having a, a cinnamon sugar pretzel from Auntie M's, and I'm pretty sure he, he messed that up. Why are you, are you laughing about the Peloton coach? Yep. Or he messed <laughs> okay, well, whatever. There's a gay Peloton coach. He's my coach, Cody. Super gay. I'll Isn't play you some like videos. everybody's coach? Yeah, he's... I hear about Cody from a lot of... My people. coach. Oh, okay. My coach, yes. Is he the one in the commercials? Yes. That yells at the, your plate of fajitas in a restaurant? Yes. Sizzle? Yes. I, I don't know this. I just he know the commercials. also plays, as part of his training, a smasher pass on Disney characters. Oh. Yeah. And that sounds like fun. Yeah, correct, you correct. You know what? I will give it... I don't know Cody. I don't know his work other than that commercial. Yeah. But he is the best part of that commercial. He's the best part of the commercial. You and know who unsettles me? There's that woman with a long braid who's like... We're made to do hard things. I'm like, you cult, cult I think Martin. That's, I think that's Jess King. Yeah. She's got a cult with Martin out the she, desert. I did one ride with her, and she had a third eye pointed on her, painted on her forehead. I, don't I didn't care continue. For that. Okay, so you need Beefcake Boyfriend okay. at Auntie M's Pretzel Store. I love pretzels. You love pretzels. Can't get enough of them. Don't get many anymore since someone moved away Correct. and made pretzels. But, but yeah, that was me. But Beefcake Boyfriend, <laughs> it's here to make you a pretzel with a threat of violence, right? Oh, fine. So, now, Mary, you've seen a pretzel be made. It's right? violent. Uh, it, it's violent to the dough. Yeah. Because you got you to take it, you, you cut it with a pizza cutter. Yeah. Or a dough cutter, and it, which is like a pizza cutter, but it's just dough. Well, the, when you think about it, a pizza like is a just plate. dough. It's just dough. Even when it's cooked, it's Many still dough. Many things are just dough. That's yeah. the thing. Right. Like Play-Doh. Play-Doh is a dough. Play-Doh. And Play-Doh the philosopher. Now he is. He's been dead for a long time. This is He's probably weird. mostly bone. So then you got you got to roll it out, but you got to roll it with your palms. If you remember me teaching you, you yes, can't use yeah. your fingertips because no, you'll get a pretzel with ridges. No, you're, yeah. you don't want ridged pretzels. So you're rolling with your palms, rolling, yeah. rolling with your palms, are designed and stretching out until you get about. It's got to be about uh, three feet wide, long. Yeah. And about, um, we're going to say half, a, half an inch of, of thickness to it. Okay. And then you take it and you snap it on the counter twice to get the air pockets out. Cats right? are runner. I frightened cats your cats, I'm sorry. And then you got to throw it up in the air and bring it down at just the right time. Pinch the toes. And then you've got a pretzel shape, right? Sure. You, you, you do. have a pretzel shape. I have shape. a pretzel yeah. shape. No one else does. I do. My mother does. We're the only ones. No one else in the family mastered that? No. Uh, my sister probably did. Mm. She worked there too. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Have you passed this family skill down to the next generation? No, no. Logan can't do it. It's a real disappointment. I mean, that I can understand that, but you do also have 86 nieces and nephews. None <laughs> of them have shown an interest in pretzel making. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is what's going to happen with Beefcake Boyfriend. Because oh, okay. he's going to be back there behind the glass, right? They had yeah. glass even before COVID, before it was cool. And he's, you know, you rolling it up. Got to protect them pretzels. Got to protect the dough. the dough. And he's snapping and twisting and pinching and dipping. And then he sees you. Yeah. And it's like, he realizes like, oh my God, I didn't realize. Not only am I a pretzel maker, I'm Beefcake Boyfriend. Beefcake Boyfriend. So he's going to snap that dough. Yeah. yeah. And then he's going to lasso it. Holy he's going to be spinning it up in the air. And then he's going to get it so it's around your neck and he's going to kind of tug. Oh. It's a little, a little erotic asphyxiation. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> just enough. Just enough. <laughs> You know, it seems like pretzel though wouldn't stand up to this kind of tension being lasted. No, that's why it's just a little. 
right? Just a little, yeah. <laughs> so it's just a little. If it was it's more of an erotic uncomfortableness. If it was a if it was a real rope, a real fine. Listen, I'm watching Game of Thrones, and that happened where they they lassoed them with a whip, and they were choking them and choking oh, them. Okay. It was real hot, but it sounds like a fun show. It, I can't imagine why I've never gotten into that. <laughs> listen, listen. This is how. This is what he's gonna do. He's gonna the okay. beefcake boyfriend, roll the pretzel, pretzel lassoing you with pretzel. He's gonna kind of tug you to erotic. the ground, and then he's gonna say, "Salted or unsalted?" Did they make the sandwich? Yeah. I, can I have that? You you could, but do you want salt or not? The answer is no. Salt go with sandwich. No, no. I don't know. Not. I'm asking genuinely. I don't. No, know. it's a, I know, and I'm saying genuinely. No, it does not. You. Now yeah. listen. Have people done it? Yeah. yeah. Are, are those people sitting next to you? Yeah, I've done everything you can imagine with a pretzel. It's I, terrible. Listen, I went and I got... I can imagine a lot. I got crushed M&Ms and rolled them into pretzels. How was that? Not good, not good. Oh, does it get melty? It, it doesn't work right, yeah, exactly. Oh, it would pollute the dough. It pollutes the dough and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't It doesn't work right. I put fruit in, into these pretzels, right? Like little raspberry chunks, cut up some raspberry, oh, no. rolled them in... Not good. Listen, if it was good, Auntie Anne's would have been doing maybe it. Maybe like a cranberry. A cranberry? Like something that doesn't melt with it. You like know, in a there's bread, raisins, there's raisins in the pretzels there's is that good no i didn't like it but you got to put icing on it but the icing looks like what not about, appropriate like, what about those like little golden raisins i like those better so the yellow ones do you know what else beefcake boyfriend can do you're still at the mall mary i'm still at the mall but let's see what's happened i've been tripped i've been my feet have been locked up i don't know that they ever got released i don't know how i got to the pretzel place then at the pretzel place my other apparently i had beefcake, more than one beefcake boyfriend beefcake boyfriend is just what if they meet each other are they all gonna beefcake out each other or they, like start fighting so I've been lassoed Listen, with the pretzel. I'd pay. I would pay to see it. I mean, that probably looks pretty good. So now, Beefcake Boyfriend, again, regular regular tasks with a threat of violence. <laughs> you're at the mall. Now you're leaving the main part of the mall to go to the, like, strip mall just down the way a little bit. Still part of the mall, still in the parking lot. It's kind of down the Down the way. The side it's past the Bed Bath & Beyond and the Barnes & Noble. That's like, it's empty. where the Sears used to be. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. they filled it up with like little things. A bunch of little shops, yep, yeah. including a deep tissue massage. Those places never look sketchy. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're always real busy and not at all sparsely populated. And, and, and the areas. lights, the neon lights, all the shades drawn tight for no reason, for no reason. Well, in there you're going to find Beefcake Boyfriend. Oh my God, he gets around. And he's going to, one, you're, you're going to take off all your clothes and just have a little terry cloth around the booty. And then you face down, right, to cover up. Yeah, the, this the upward to, this is all to cover up the boobies. <laughs> and then, and then you, he's gonna get you a deep tissue, like pressing and tugging, oh. and like elbow in and rolling like around. This. And that's actually just what the they do. You ever gone for one of those? No. Should I? I? I I've never. I'm very uncomfortable with the idea of just people grabbing at things. Like I don't. <laughs> it's not that. I don't think. It, I had a friend. Very well intentioned. Get me a massage gift certificate for a birthday once. Yeah. And I literally the year went by and I would see it. And I'm like, I'm not going to this. Uh, and finally, I said, Would you be offended if I gave you this for your birthday? And she said, That's what I thought would happen. It's fine. So Mary, this is how we've lived different lives. Because you just said you're uncomfortable with people grabbing on things. I literally reminded me of a conversation I had with my best friend in college. We were going out to the club, and I said, I just I need to find a shirt that just says like that just says grab on me. <laughs> And he said, yeah. like, print the shirt. Just make it. I made a shirt once. This is very specific. It is only funny to me in one of them. There was a movie called Battlefield Earth that came out. You probably heard it. it was very, it was famous at the time. John Travolta was in it. Okay. It was mm-hmm. big, the Scientology guy. It was his book. Yes, yeah. And it's not a very good movie, at least in my opinion. Okay. Okay. And for some reason, the, the very convoluted plot. There are these aliens and people. 
and they're always trying to gain leverage over each other, and mm-hmm. they use the word leverage like 800 times. It was like, okay. I will obtain leverage. And so I, we had a bedazzler, which is a whole other okay. story. Right. And it had a shirt that said leverage, <laughs> which is only my name. But I wore it to the bar one night. Okay. And people all thought it said cleavage. <laughs> Which would have been a much funnier shirt, and I should have put a C on it. Cleverage. Cleverage, yeah. And, but the thing to consider is if your beefcake boyfriend had the bedazzler, just just think what would have happened. You'd be piercing baby's ears. And we are back for the second half of Season 3, Episode 19 of the Melrose Place cast. We are discussing Boxing Sydney. And the ice cream, the vegan ice cream, is out, uh, but also out of reach. So, Would you like it brought closer? Nope, nope. I thought I'm, you wanted nope, it to soften. Nope, it's softening. I'm Tej. I'm Mary. I just worried about your elder teeth, that the ice cream might be too hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Mary, why don't you uh, get us started while you still have teeth? I love that was not a threat of violence. That was not a sexist threat of violence. <laughs> I just realized that could be misinterpreted. You have a women's studies card. Stamped with a BA, not BS. I could not take. I could not take two lab classes. I barely passed the one. I think I've told you I took no math classes in college because you could substitute linguistics. You did not have to tell me. (laughs) Fair enough. Didn't you work in a fundraising department that was woefully unfundraised? That wasn't our fault. (laughs) Okay. Let's go. All right. I call this one, Sometimes the Path to Spiritual Enlightenment Includes a Few Nights Locked in the Booby Hatch. Oh, gosh. So is Joe spiritually enlightened? Well, I mean, she gave up a baby for, like, relatively ethical reasons. I'd give up a baby. Not mine. No. Someone else's. Sure. All right. So we won't recap the whole thing, but uh, Ricky and Sydney are waiting for a bus, uh, like Mm -hmm. an old busted up. School bus, like people take to a Grateful Dead concert. Yep, right out in front of uh, the apartment complex. <laughs> right up there. Sydney uh, thinks they're going on vacation, mm-hmm. uh, but Ricky's like, we're going on a journey of spiritual enlightenment. So we should be happy to wait for the bus. Sydney wants a sandwich. Uh, Jane walks <laughs> out and she stops to basically scold Sydney again. Sydney's like, I don't want to hear it, lady. I'm leaving on vacation. And Jane's like, well, you can't. You don't have a job and you have to go see your probation officer. And Ricky rolled her eyes. She's like, why are you trying to control Sydney's life when your own is such a mess? You know what? Fair enough, Ricky. That is a good point. A you stop know? clock is right twice a day. Uh, Jane's like, well, Sydney's in big trouble because she trashed my beautiful clothes and shooters. And we had to give statements to the police. And, like, I couldn't lie for her. And Sydney's like, I didn't ask you to. And so the bus comes. Jane's like, you got to face up to your shit. And you don't have any friends left. And your probation officer is the only one who can help you. And Sydney's like, you need to drop the weight, Jane. Worry about your own responsibilities. That's what I wanted to do. They get on the bus, and hooray! They're going off to the cult camp because the bus the pulls up. Spiritual enlightenment, where they they fill mailing envelopes. It's so many envelopes have been filled. Oh my gosh! Uh, so they pull up out in the desert at a what can be described as a sort of Manson-esque compound. The compound, compound is good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Have you ever pulled up to a compound? Uh, no, but I, I, I also have not yet had the opportunity to go to any wild parties in the canyon. Well, your day will come. My day will come. I will say, years ago, years ago, I did not technically pull up to the compound, but I was driving on a back road in Montana that I should not have been in in my sedan. 
Uh, but didn't know any better. Also, the struts on my car were about to fail, but not yet. What's a strut? I still don't know, but it wasn't. Okay. It didn't sound good. Uh, and I was on this road. It was a one-lane road on the side of a mountain that, again, shouldn't have been on. And I looked off to the side of the hill. Uh, not that far away, discomfortingly close, really. There was clearly some sort of militia compound because there were a lot of American flags and there were lots of weird things. And I said, get me out of here, little Chevy Lumina. Like, let's get off this mountain. Anyway... That's as close as I've been to a compound, but Sydney's gotten way closer because that's where she is. They get out, and uh, Sydney is like, this does not look like a resort. <laughs> this is fair. It was not a resort. Ricky said it's not a resort. It's a retreat. Martin comes out, and he meets the group. He's like, y'all can get settled in. Sydney, you're going to help with breakfast. Uh, he breathes in the clean air. He feels his spirit soar when he's here. Sydney asks, where's the bathroom? And Ricky points toward an outhouse. Classy. Then Sydney says, where's the hot tub? And I laughed out loud. <laughs> uh, Ricky's like, this trip is all about getting away from material trappings of life, so you appreciate your life for what it is. The Sid- trappings of life. Sydney Driver replies, I'm beginning to already. Ricky says, this is so much better than the last retreat, Sydney, because like at that one, we couldn't talk, and Martin wanted us to explore new ways to communicate, and that later on we'll understand what that means a little more. Uh, Sydney mm. says, I thought I'd be working on my tan. Ricky says, well, we're in the desert, so you're going to need some sunscreen. And I'm like, she's a ginger, so like, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Uh, later at cult camp, Martin's telling him a story about stealing his mom's car when he was a kid, and his brother crashed the car, and Martin got his head hurt. His parents believed that he did it because the brother told it. Was, it was a lot of information I didn't need. Uh, anyway, that's why he knew like he needed to make his own family. He has a new home. Mm-hmm. These guys at the cult, I mean the Enlightenment group, that's his family. And he's like, tomorrow we're going to begin our journey. Uh, it's going to be a big day. Go in love. Sydney's like, wow. It's like he was talking about my life. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, why that's all of these suckers are here. <laughs> right? uh, Ricky's like, yeah, we've all, everybody here, everybody here's got that problem. Uh, Martin wants Sydney to help with tea service, which means she stays up all night. Uh, and Martin will be working and. Because he doesn't sleep much. He doesn't sleep much. And he needs, quote, constant care and someone to serve him food and tea all night, which seems a little demanding, yeah, but whatever. what is this psycho? What, what do you mean you don't sleep much? You need tea all night. He needs tea all night. Get something better than tea. That's a good point, too. Like, maybe some vegan ice cream? Maybe just a little bit. you got to let it soften for a while first, oh though, because you're out in the desert. Uh, anyway, Sydney's so like, yeah, I can do that because I have a waitress. The ice cream that looks... You can probably reach it. Your arms are longer than mine. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Sydney is up late at night at cult camp serving tea. She shows up at his trailer going room service, which also room service. Do you know what? When I was in high school, I took a class trip to Germany. Is this going to be about you joining a cult in Germany? No, I really no. hope so. No, 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 no. Uh, it's about room service. Uh, so field trip to Germany. Uh, very lucky to go. Very fortunate. Field trip is like an understatement, I think. <laughs> sure. It was a 10-day trip to Germany. Where we, wow. we went on the Rhine River. That was when... Do you remember the story where I was smoking in the bottom of the boat and the prows came down? Yeah. It was there. Now, the Rhine River is, because of climate change, has so little water in it, Nazi boats are showing up oh. that were sunk. Maybe it was a different river, but either, either way, there's, there's not a lot of water in the Rhine right now. But it was beautiful when I was there. So I'm glad you got to enjoy it. I got to enjoy it, and you know what? I mean, isn't that what matters? But... Um, I mean, to you, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, we were in the hotel, and I don't know where we were, somewhere in Germany, Bonn, Berlin, who the fuck knows. Just make up a name. Black Forest, Black River, Rhine. Black River Falls? It was the Rhine Carlton. That's where it was. Anyway. The Rhine Marriott. I take a call. Now, listen, 
I took German 1 in 8th grade, German 2 in ninth grade. Stopped taking German because I had met the requirements to get into the UW system. <laughs> That's what we all did. So, sophomore year, did I take German? No. But when I found out about that trip, did I sign up for German 3? Yes. Same thing happened in my school in the Spanish class. Now, my German teacher, the Frau, not good. Not committed. We didn't learn German. We were on a tour bus with a German class from uh, New Jersey where they could speak full German. We you could, could not. You could drop them out of the Rhine and they'd find their way home. We could not. We got lost once and I was. We were, in the, we were supposed to meet at the front of the church to be on the bus on time. And me and my friend were went up to strangers and were like, Wo ist die Hirka? Where is the church? It was about as good as we could get. And they looked at us like we were fucking dumb Americans because we were. Because we were the chapel, the cross was above us, right? They, they didn't. Your churches are usually identifiable to a certain degree, at least. Okay, so um, I answer the phone in the middle of the night in this hotel room, and it's uh, a a very German-sounding voice saying "room service," and I and I got nervous. I'm like, "Oh, because we had to pay for everything." You got any money? No, we don't get. We got no money. By the way, had I already snuck out of the hotel to go to a gay bar across the street at (laughs) sixteen? Yes, yes, ma'am, I did. What's the German word for yes? Ah, there you go. Ah. Oh, there you go. I should have known that for my former boss. Anyway, so uh, it's room service. And I'm like, no, 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 we didn't order room service. And she's like, room service? And I'm like, oh, shit, I have to say this in German. I don't know German. (laughs) Ach, nein. Wie möchten nicht room service? And she says, room service? And I'm like trying so hard to be like, no, we don't. No, don't. Don't come. And then she says, room service? You want me fluff your pillow? Oh. You want me jerk you off? And I was like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> That's when I realized there was one of our friends from the other room. Oh, so yeah, wow. room service, Sydney with tea time. You know what would be even better if that had been your teacher doing a pop quiz <laughs> to see if you guys knew how to say, no, we can't find any room service. <laughs> I wish I were a teacher because I would totally do that to my students. Holy God, that'd be evil. Bo is the <laughs> we also found a German nightclub called the Hexenkessel, which is witch's cauldron, and that uh, was fun. Yeah, you told me about the Hexen The Fraus were nervous when they ha- learned the, ner- the name, because it was the 90s, Marilyn Manson was a thing, I think. There was a lot of scary music Yeah, people didn't know America. what, yeah, yeah, the satanic panic was still live. You got those goth kids running around. Oh my god, the goth kids. And by the way, did I have black vinyl pants? No, pleather. Yes. You still have them? No. I, I got a rip in them from a dance move I pulled. Did you pull any muscles at the same no, time? No, no. I was, it was, I was a much younger, gentle fellow. Yeah. Anyway, you know continue. What? We're all more flexible back then. Yeah. <laughs> Not our pants, though. Pants have gotten more flexible, I think. Mm. The miracle of fabrics. Yeah, these pants, I have to keep tugging them up, Mary. Like, look at this. Right? So oh, they, do they have look, that stretchy stuff? Yeah, on? stretchy oh, stuff. I don't, I, like, are they jeggings? They might be jeggings. <laughs> okay. Where did you buy them from? <laughs> I don't know, but they, they have the tears in it to look like cool. Like you did something? Yeah. You know, this is, I got, <laughs> you did some these, kind of labor. these jeggings got so torn up when I was uh, hauling the hay. Because you know, farmers, when they're out there, what they're going for for pants is jeggings. Like, that's what they want. They want it for You You can make fun of me, but I am in this small town visiting you. And did I see, it's election season when we're recording this, not necessarily when it's airing. Um... There's a, a sign, a yard sign, for a candidate for state assembly that has an outline of a farmer pushing behind a horse. It's the farmer sign. He's he's the Democrat. Replacing Beth. I don't know. Keep I'll, going. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. Yeah, go Google. Google.com. 
Uh, okay, Google.com. So she, she comes to serve the tea. Not the fun kind of tea. The actual tea. Uh, so she gets into his trailer, because he lives in a trailer here at the cult compound. Uh, and she's like, room service! And he calls her from the other sort of a room. Although it all seems like one big open... It's more open concept, this trailer, I would say. Uh, a lot of wood paneling, as was the custom of the time. She goes into the other room and approaches with her tray, and he is definitely naked and on top of someone else who is naked. Yes, they're, they're spiritually enlightened. They are enlightening the hell out of each other. Uh, she's like, ah, uh, here's your tea. And he turns to look at her, and oh my god, it's Ricky! I never saw this coming. And Ricky goes, I just take sugar in mine and giggles. And then <laughs> Martin goes, are you awake? Oh, that guy, oh yeah, he called me today. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so listeners, this is what we're seeing. I'm looking at an image of the yard sign. Uh, it's called Adams to the Assembly. Now, by the way, this guy, his motherfucking name is John Adams. Yeah. Use that. You're, this is politics. Use the name John Adams. Did he do that? No. Instead, he's got blue and green. All your Democrats up here are using a navy blue with a green accent. Yeah, that's what okay? they are. Adams to the Assembly. Adams to the Assembly. And we have an outline of a horse pulling what looks to be an oil rig hooked up to its horse penis. And there's a rope... With a I, farmer behind it with three legs. I think it's a plow. A plow, whatever. It looks like an oil rig to me. You know how horses like to pull oil rigs. I have to tell you, when I saw this, I was like, what Republican? What in the Republican yeah. nonsense is that? But it turns out that's the Democrat you have up here. You know here. what he does? He talks about local foods. If we need creative economic solutions for our northern this economy. This may be a bit of a digression. That's good. Yes, so is the lack of ice cream. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> This may be only We're 13 minutes into still on our first point. <laughs> well, I'm trying my best. Uh, <laughs> listen, anyway. people love the banter. Oh my god, we hear that all the time. The all the... Listen, the number the of emails I've gotten that don't reference the banter, banter very low. <laughs> so low. Like, almost nothing. Uh, oh god. Anyway, so... Oh god. I lost my, oh, the tea. She brought the tea. They're doing it. He nudges someone else. Someone else is in bed. There's another lady on the other side of him, and she just wants... Ladies night! Ladies night. She just wants lemon and her tea, and then they all giggle. Sydney is a little shocked, but, like, she doesn't freak out. She just kind of takes it in. She starts making their tea. Martin's like, what do you think of my place? (laughs) She's like, it's quite the setup. Ricky says, she's bad. She should have told Sydney that Martin Martin is her husband. And Sydney's like, but you don't live together and you don't wear wedding rings? And Martin's yeah. like, I thought this might appeal to you. We don't need conventional tokens of marriage. Those are restrictions from the outside world. We have our own sign. Oh, Ricky pulls her hair back and she's got a tattoo that looks stupid in the shape of a letter M. I think it was supposed to be mm-hmm. behind her ear. Uh, she says, it's essential and private. Martin likes it that way. She kisses his cheek and the other girl giggles. And Martin's like, hey, Sydney, this is new to you. And when you rid yourself of the impurities of the outside world, you find yourself full of love, and love is limitless. Why do people marry only one spouse? Who made that rule? Sydney goes, God? <laughs> it's in the Ten Commandments. I don't know that it is. Is it in the Ten Commandments? I don't think so. We're not but... getting people to ask her. <laughs> Listen, but in the main street here in this town, the Ten Commandments are in the on the windows outside the food shelter. The food, yeah. the food. Well, I bank. mean, they're they're kind of religious. Well, yeah, but I'm, but I'm saying you should, we can know this. Tomorrow. Oh, we could drive over. We there. can know the, you know saying. we can know this. Now. We could also just Google that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because okay. we're old. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they're in the bed, and they're, she's like, 
Uh, oh, he's like, well, should we keep blindly carrying out ancient traditions that have nothing to do with the real world? Which I mean, fair question. Fair question. And Ricky's like, you loved and married Michael, but that didn't stop you from having feelings for Jake, right? And Sydney's like, well, no. And Martin's like, it's all right. Where there's love, there's trust. There don't have to be any secrets when you love each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, there still kind of need to be some secrets. You, there need to be some secrets, right? Like, you know, when... when listen. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, we're going back to the same commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Okay, capital, that's, that's capital, one, right? capital M. A little, a little well, that obsessive. makes sense. Yeah. Two. You shall make no idols. So Ryan Seacrest is out. Out. Three. You shall not take the name of your, of the Lord your God in vain. I have broken that one several times. I have to say, I think they took the Lord's name in vain right there in that commandment. <laughs> you shall keep the Sabbath day holy, which was Saturday. I can I keep originally. both of them holy? <laughs> yeah. And by that I mean don't do anything? Honor your father and your mother. Alright. I'm doing okay there. You shall not murder. I'm doing great. That's the second half. Like we're, That should yeah. have come up higher, right? You shall not commit adultery. Alright. You shall not steal. Okay. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Mm, what if they're a little shit? You shall not covet. That's a hard one. That's a, a hard... I can see you looking listen, at that ice cream. There's, it's going to be... Listen, there's a hard pass on a couple of these. <laughs> Continue. Ten commandments. Uh, Martin says, well, we... You how, do, how do Christians justify working on Sunday? I don't know. I'm not... I it, it's right there. I mean, that's not like buried deep in the Bible. We're not talking Leviticus there. That's right there on the stone you, tablets. you got to make those dollars. It's on the, it's on the, the food shelter. It's because some people want to go buy coffee on Sundays, and so someone has got to be open. Someone's got to be there. Okay, Mary, people want to hear. There's an extra cup, Sydney. Come on, help yourself, he says. And the other lady's like, only oh, you have to drink it in bed with us, and they're giggling. Sydney's like, ah, uh, tea gives me a headache. And Martin's like, you can go. We don't need you anymore tonight. And goes to leave, and Martin tells her to go in love. And then the horny threesome get back to their horning. <laughs> the next morning, presumably Martin is telling you about the steps on the ladder to spiritual enlightenment, which so far have included envelope stuffing and cleaning the outhouse, I'm guessing, and bringing him tea in the middle of the night. Well, the first is to make peace with your past, because only then can you continue your journey. They all have notebooks, and he tells them, you're going to write letters to your parents. You're going to explain uh, that you want to heal your relationship. If, if you can send out that positive energy... It can affect people around you. Your parents want to be loving and giving. They just don't know how. So mm-hmm. we have to help them, he says. And he looks a little deranged. He's like, we have to help them give to us what they can most easily give. Money. Money. We all it's saw all this about coming. Money. He says the money is for your spiritual education. And they have failed in their role to instruct you. Reaching into their savings accounts becomes a selfless, loving act that shows they care about you. Uh, he's really hot. He's running. He's doing a lot of hand gestures. He tells them to write, be brief, be direct, but demand your spiritual right, a.k.a. money. Uh, this cult is heating up, but I like it. Ricky notices Sydney is kind of not paying. She's kind of zoning out a little. She's like, what's going on? Sydney's like, you know, I should probably get back. I've got a meeting with my probation officer. i got to get all that stuff set straight. Like, I want to live right and get that set straight. Ricky gives her the side eye. She's like, is this about last night? I didn't think you were such a prude. And Sydney's like, you can do whatever you want. It's not for me to judge, which mm-hmm. fair enough answer. I thought that was pretty, pretty legit. Uh, she's kind of looking at Martin and Ricky's like, oh, you're jealous. And Sydney's like, no. And Ricky's like, he's smart. He's great looking. Every woman here wants to be with him. Why don't you just go ask him? And Sydney's like, no. And I don't want to write this letter. So she kind of gets up to go pack or something. Later, she's got her bag packed. She's at Martin's trailer. 
she walks in and he's on a radio, like mm-hmm. a citizens band radio, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's t- talking about dumping stocks because he's not taking a loss. And then he hangs up and he kind of sees she's there, so he gets her to talk. Uh, she's like, you know, I learned a lot in the last few days, and I need I need to carry my own weight, so I got to go home and deal with my probation officer and get that cleared up. Martin wants her to stay, but she's like. Does that mean I can't leave? And he says, oh, no, no, everyone's free to come and go at the Abbott Way, which Mm -hmm, is apparently what mm -hmm. the place is called. He said, no restrictions. There's no gatekeeping anyone in. He says, we are miles from anywhere, and the bus won't leave until next week. She says, okay, I'll walk out to the road and wait. He leans back, and he says, go with love, Sydney. And she says, I hope you really mean that. And he raises his eyebrows weirdly, which indicates to me that he doesn't. But she leaves. The next morning, Sydney's sitting out by the road. A pickup truck is coming, and it doesn't seem to confuse her that it's coming from the direction of the cult. Uh, she jumps up and waves like they're going to give her a ride. And it's By the Martin. way, so she was out there all night? Yeah. Yeah. Into morning? Yes. Yeah. Not sleeping? Think... She might have slept. Not, not with Martin and his wives. Oh, not that kind of sleeping. Mm. Uh, anyway, the, the truck pulls up. And, oh, my God, it's Martin and Ray. And uh, two goons grab Sydney from behind. More goons. God, where are these people getting all these goons? I can't get a single goon. These people have whole armies of goons. Uh, Sydney's like, I'm fine. And Ricky goes, you don't look fine. <laughs> Which I thought was weird. Uh, they throw her in the back of the truck. They're going to take her back and take care of her. They throw her in. Literally, he throws her in the truck. And then the goons are holding her in the back of the truck. We get back to the camp. Now it's night. Because it was dark during this scene. It was mm-hmm. morning again mm-hmm. in the other scene. So she must have walked a long ways if they just got back to the camp. That's all they had. It, listen, the consistency on time. Matt was having lunch at night. Maybe they had to film when they had to film. Listen. It's also raining during the scene, which was odd to me, but whatever. Uh, she's being dragged outside of the compound, and they're, like, scolding her, basically. And they drag her up to... Drum roll, please. A booby hatch! It's in the ground. I wouldn't even call it a root cellar, because it's pretty shallow. I don't know what you put in there. <laughs> It has you been, put a Sydney. It's, I guess it is a Sydney cellar. A Sydney cellar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. Sid cellar. cellar. Yeah. Uh, I was just excited because it's been weeks since we've had a booby hatch on this show. So this is great. Uh, Sydney's like, you're hurting me. And Martin says, it's your own fault for staying out all night. It's freezing. There's lots of dangerous animals. And I'm going to protect you. I've got a very special place for you to meditate and search for inner peace. She says, forget it. I'm not going to the booby hatch. That's not what she says. But close enough. The goons shove her over to the hole. She's calling for help. She lands in the hole on her butt, and there's not even enough room to stand up. Like, she's she's tiny. She's a tiny that she can mm-hmm. reach up to the door or the hatch. Um, so we cut back outside, and they're, like, blocking the hatch, and she's yelling, help! And I did notice when she was doing that, all three of my cats woke up and looked at the TV. So her acting was pretty good, because <laughs> the cats were very concerned about Sydney. Um, this storyline continues to deliver. Uh, next, next week, I'm going to guess, is when it hits... It's fevered pitch because I remember seeing the still shadows of Sydney holding a rifle, which is pretty great. I kind of remember that happening. I don't remember that. I think, I don't want to give. I think if I remember it, there are two characters who come to rescue her. Do you know it'll be interesting? Gail hasn't. What 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 happened last week? Gail was here, right? And yes, she's going to now see Sydney in the booby hatch. Yeah. Trying to get out. Oh, she's going to get to see another booby. She got to see Joe's booby hatch, too, which sounds dirty when you say it like that. Yeah, when Gail was last year, Susan was around. Oh, Susan. Allison had not gone to rehab. Susan, the boyfriend snatcher. Jeff- she- Jeffrey was around. She was there for Joe's booby hatch because we talked about the amount of cocaine in the bags down of the hatch. Yeah, well. Mary, listen, we have been talking so long. 
Um, we need to we need to move along. I, I'm going to concede this is trash. I'm going to let it go. But beep 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 beep. I have other podcast news. Okay. Um, this is uh, from Instagram, and I know you've seen this. Our good friend Nan from Melrose Sheltering in Place yes. podcast um, posted uh, on Instagram. It's going around right now. The Little Miss whatever meme, and it's a yes. coffee mug that said. Little Miss didn't ever have an ice cream because I was aborted. <laughs> and I would just like the record to show I was not aborted and I still haven't had an ice cream. You, look like and, you can literally that, reach the ice cream. That's a, it's a real, that's a, a real challenge. But I would uh, recommend our friends listening all go to at Nanarchist um, on Instagram because it's some good content. And it is... Little Miss never had an ice cream because they were aborted. I will uh, guess that at least 50% of our listeners are already following. Well, because the three of us, Christopher. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume not Nan. I don't think they're listening. Okay, can I make my point quickly? I hope that you will. Would you like your ice cream? I can get it. It's I'm, right there. Yeah, listen. Uh, it's Amanda saying, I could care less about your other patients. And this is just an example of how capitalism, you can pick whichever flavor you like, and you, I'll have the other. Because you suffer. How capitalism, uh, people with money feel like they should be able to jump in line for everything because they have money. Yeah. And that's what Amanda was saying here. She could care less about Michael's other patients. And I think it speaks to the challenge of capitalism. Well, it, it may not surprise you I was going to talk about this storyline. So do you want me to just do that while you mm. dig into that ice cream? Oh my god, yeah. Which one did you pick? Oh. Salted caramel. That sounds nice. Something you would like. It would have been good. I call this one, why don't you take that bitchy attitude of yours and use it to fight the cancer? <laughs> On record, if I ever get cancer, I fully expect you to send this to me as a card or something. Please, I look forward. I don't look forward to it. Listen, you know what needs to happen. You know what needs to happen. <laughs> Our good friend Ian at Bald Guy Greetings needs, needs to take that line. This should be the card. I would buy several of this card. I would send them to you. <laughs> just to be funny. If I had cancer, you would send this to me? Even if you don't have cancer. Like, just because it would make you laugh. Because it's a great line. In the context of this show. It was a great line. Again, if I ever get cancer, you have 100% authorization to send this to me as, as whatever form you Do you know what else was a great line? Amanda, that greeting needs a little work. Other people might interpret it as bitchy. <laughs> There's a lot of bitchy references to random. Yeah, well, they, they cleared the, word, the B word. Because oh, they moved to the nine o'clock hour. Shit. Mm-hmm. Or why there's more gay? Oh my god, there's vegan ice cream. There's so much more gay. <laughs> okay. Now there's two gays. Two gays. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Michael shows up at Amanda's office. She still hasn't gotten all of her testing done. Uh, she's like, I feel fine, and he's like, You're, You got to do this. You got to take care of it. One swollen lymph node doesn't equal cancer, she says, and he's like, That's not what the biopsy said. She's like. Why are you trying to scare me? And he says, I think the biopsy would have already scared you. As he leaves, he turns back and says, why don't you take that bitchy attitude of yours and use it to fight the cancer instead of me? Which is Chef Kiss. Listen, I don't think any of us were ever going to accuse Michael of having a good bedside manner. Mm-mm, now, listen. any of the beds. Listen, the women he's been with clearly think he's got a good bedside manner. <laughs> I don't know if it's a side of the bed that they're <laughs> trying as much. Anyway... At work, uh, they're in Amanda's office. Allison goes over there, and Amanda's chewing Allison out for some bullshit. The receptionist buzzes and says, it's Dr. Mancini. And Allison, understanding, was like, I thought that I was in charge of Mancini designs. And Amanda's like, you got more problems than you can handle. Yeah, because she can't tell her, because she doesn't want Allison to know she's got the 
She got the... You know the bug. Bitchy attitude. Uh, it's Michael. He's like, I've arranged. Mark has for you at 1 o'clock. And she's like, I've got lunch with a client. He says, cancer doesn't stop for lunch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she says, fine, but I don't like being bulldozed. And he's like, well, why don't you just pretend I asked you nicely then? <laughs> Which, that is a good line. That's a great line. Why don't you just pretend I sent you a birthday card? How about that? It's fine. Uh, she bumps into Billy as she's leaving, who just scheduled a 2 o'clock meeting, and she's really pissed off. And he's like, well, it was clear on your calendar. He's like, I, I can cancel it, but what, is there something you want me to tell me the client? Tell him you're an idiot. <laughs> That's totally what she says, which is so mean. Come to the hospital. Though. This is a distressing scene. Amanda's in a hospital gown. She's about to get her test. They're in a room with, I think it's, it's a CAT scan machine. I think that's what it was. It was the 90s. It's a fucking, it was one of those torpedo machines. Like, yeah. a, Fire like away. a submarine, yeah. Uh, she changes her mind as they're about to start. She says, this is all too inhuman. Michael blocks the door mm-hmm. and says, you'll have to fight your way out of the room. Bear in mind, Not how medicine works. There is a technician in mm-hmm. the room watching this mm-hmm. who I would think would step in at this point, but no. Nope. By the way, Michael was recently involved in an attempted murder inside on this woman. <laughs> That made everybody take a Mancini Sanatini testini. <laughs> they didn't keep any of the results. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. I can't believe the writers were like, we'll just say they didn't keep a copy. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Amanda makes a lunge for the door, but Michael easily catches her because he's a man and she's a small, sick woman. Boo! He, he picks her up and plops her down on the exam table, Boo. probably her to say, did you learn this technique in medical school or dating? Which is another <laughs> great line. He's like, bitch, you're getting this test done. She says, your bedside manner sucks. And then the tech starts the test. And then she asks to Michael come back. And they're like, no, he has to test. And, so and she calls for him as the door closes. Yeah. She so she needs him. But she doesn't want to admit it because she's a strong, powerful, independent woman. She really is. Uh, cut to later, Michael's showing Amanda x-rays from the CAT scan. She's got several tumors. It's at stage three, but it's highly treatable. Holy she, shit. That's bad news. That is bad news. She's like, he's like, you got to start your chemo. As soon as possible. She's like, treatment's one thing, but what about a cure? And he's like, well, you got a good chance for recovery. She asks, what are the stats? And he says, 50-50. Which good chance. Good chance. Great. Listen, I, mean, it's I wouldn't say 50-50 odds on a slot machine. They don't sound good. No. So it's not a good chance. Like, it's not. It's not that, that's not good odds about life or death. I mean, that's literally one or the other. That is literally one or the other. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, his beeper goes off. He's that's got a goal. That's math. Yeah, that's, you're lucky you took those math I, did, I didn't take linguistics. <laughs> Although, I gotta tell you, when I learned about linguistics, I would have loved it. I would have loved it. I, I wish I could have taken Come it. Come on, it goes to me, finger. Not, not part of linguistics, but great. Uh, <laughs> it, Michael's beeper goes off. He's got to go. And she's like, what about my hair? Won't the chemo make it fall out? He says, staying alive is a bigger priority than your hair, which... Mm, it was the 90s. That's not yeah, correct. She has pretty great hair, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, I don't want people looking at me knowing that I'm sick. And he's like, well, we can do stuff, but like, we'll talk about it later. She's like, that's it? He's like, yeah, I gotta go. I got other patients. And as you said, she says, I don't care about your other patients. This is my time. Okay, Karen. No. Uh, he's like, well, if, if you've got more questions, if you don't have any more questions, like we're, we're concluded or your consultation is over. She's like, I won't stand for this. I'm not just another patient. I'm your friend. And I wrote, really? No, yeah, not really. Like, not really re- not validated. He says, I'm your doctor. We can't let our friendship get in the way. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, she says, I'm just another cancer victim to you. A victim. He says, no, you're my patient. And if, no more victims. No more victims. Oh, soon enough. Uh, 
he says, I'm sure if you were waiting in surgery, you wouldn't want me ignoring your page. And so he goes, and Amanda looks kind of mad. Uh, Amanda arrives at the hospital the next day after a trip to the library to talk specifics with Michael. That chemotherapy you recommended? I don't like it. I've done a computer search, and my <laughs> research shows they've had great results with this other drug. Okay, Karen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael's like, you came COVID here to- predictions. Oh, Jesus, right? He says, you came here to tell me the best protocol you should be on? And <laughs> he kind of laughs. She's like, that drug doesn't have approval for your kind of cancer. And like, so that's probably not going to work. She wants names of other drugs and all their adverse effects. And if he's going to be her doctor, quote, don't talk to me like I'm an idiot and do your homework. And he tells her not to tell him how to do his job. And she says, well, don't you tell me what kind of patient to be. And I think this counts as banter. Also, Um, doesn't he understand she is one of the five best marketing executives in L.A. because she has seven years of experience? She's serious. Mm. Uh... So she leaves. And Kimberly, Kimberly shows up to see her husband. Again, remember Kimberly, and they're still married. Uh, Michael's like, oh, Amanda's my patient now. And Kimberly's like, what's wrong with her peroxide poisoning? Which is mean, <laughs> but funny. <laughs> a lot of hair jokes this episode between the wigs and the peroxide poisoning. Michael says, I can't tell you, Dr. Patient Confidentiality. But then he goes on, believe me, if she responds to treatment, I'm making quite a name for myself. I'm sure he will, given that he is not an oncologist. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Uh, cut to later, Amanda's in her office. She's sort of asleep, and uh, b- bless her heart, she's a fine actress. This is some of the most fake napping I've ever seen in my life. She's clearly not really napping, because no one would say like she's laying. Um, Did you want her to literally fall asleep on set? She should be with Michael like Mancini around. He's not there yet. She, that's when she wakes up. He's on set. I'm sure he's a perfect gentleman in real life. Mm. Anyway. Someone knocks on the door, so Amanda jolts that, like you do if you are asleep at work. Not that I've ever done that. And she's in somebody's strength. And he comes in, and he's carrying a teddy bear. And she's like, what the hell? He holds up the bear, and he's like, you know, this disease isn't a death sentence. And she said, it sure feels like it. And he replies, like he's the teddy bear talking, he goes, well, we're here to make sure you get through all, this all of this. some fucking obnoxious bitch. I shit. did not appreciate it. Uh, and she's like, this is not my style. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not mine either. You know, and he goes on, I think we're alike in a lot of ways. We're both strong and self-sufficient. But sometimes you have to look to others for comfort. And she's like, is that why you brought this stupid bear? And Michael's like, you're going to need something to hold on to. Mm. Got her again. Uh, she sighs. He sighs. He sits down next to her and says, I'm going to make sure you get well. And he knows where her thinking is. And he's, they're working with some of the best people in his oncology department. Again, he is not an oncologist. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm not good at trusting people. He says, look at this. It's a learning experience. And she sighs again. They're going to have to work around her work schedule because she can't afford the luxury of being sick, which I thought might be one of your high art points. Uh, mm-hmm. That's says, a good one. Can I go back? I'll take that next one. Next week. You can say it next week. Uh, she says, appearances are everything. He says, they're in it together. They're going to start tomorrow at 8. And she says, no, make it 7. I've got a meeting at 8.30. He hands her the bear. She thanks him and says, I need all the help I can get. Um... This is going to be a fun little storyline. It's This is not even... It, it's going to get so much trashier. But um, my favorite trashy part of this is literally when she's supposed to get an x-ray and he physically throws her down on the table. And the technician does nothing. Nothing. Right? This, this is nothing. And remember, article. this is the woman at this hospital who was almost murdered last week. With him in you, the room? You would, with him in the with room. With a scalpel in his hand. <laughs> you, like, you would think. You would think. Uh, you, there, there'd be another person around. You know... Maybe the technician also failed their Mancini-Testini. Mancini-Sanitini-Testini. 
I don't think this is trashy. I think you're right. I think you did identify a good point. I don't have time to be sick. I have to work. Um, I also think I could care less about your other patients because I have money. Uh, she didn't say because I have money. I may be stretching that. But um, also, you're pretty good odds. 50-50. Doesn't sound great. Mm -mm. I'm not, again, did not take math in college. but. Well, Mary, we are over time. There's no such thing as us being over time. Did you have any other highlights? I have one that I'd like to touch on very briefly. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me get to my notes here. Okay. Um, why does she tell Billy she's sick? Like, I understand from a story point, like, somebody has to know. Why on God's green earth you, Billy has never kept a secret once on this show the entire He's time. He's clearly going to tell Allison right away. He, less than 24 hours, he yeah. tells Allison. Yeah. And she barely had to push. She was listen, just like, what's going on? Listen, I appreciated that about Allison because there are people, I was just thinking of an example, today, today, as I was talking to someone we used to work with, about someone else we used to work with, how... She would say, there's something I can't tell you. And I would be like, oh. sis, just, what is it? And it, it would just pour right out, you know? And that's how it is with Billy and Allison. Yes! Oh, the, just just like that. Just like that. My other favorite part of this was, so right before this scene, Amanda legitimately is being a real bitch to Allison. Like, she's really being hard on her. Mm -hmm. And uh, Allison says, wait, I got to make sure I get it right. Allison says something to the effect of, if I, let, if I ever quit here, all the clients would go with me, it would fall apart without me. And I'm like, you were just gone for like a month for rehab and yeah. like nobody followed you. Calm down. Yeah. Oh, what a delight. I thought it was interesting they had a scene where Jake and Joe were in the pool because Jake and Joe had to be on the show this week. Uh, yeah. Taking pictures of Joe on the bike by the pool so that baby Austin would have an image of her today. Is this the last time you were going to make As Austin? she is today. I think it is. I think, I think it is. His close up. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the end of the line. But Amanda, because she's upset about her cancer, came and just ripped Jake apart for having... I told you not to have this bike by the pool. It's going to put grease stains everywhere. No, this was, There were plenty of times to yell at him about that. This was not one of them. He was just taking pictures of... I think of, they legit had a tarp down for once. You, you, as they should. As they should. As well they should. Well, Mary, I think uh, we should continue eating this ice cream and come back next week. I think that's a great plan. I think this ice cream will help us. Um, I mean, the odds of us finishing the ice cream, I would say, are 50-50. This week's episode of the Melrose Placecast is generously supported by the following sponsor. You know Dr. Kimberly Shaw as a woman of many talents. So many. Medical intern, mm -hmm. amateur obstetrician, <laughs> marriage therapist, mm -hmm. wig enthusiast. Yes spontaneous breastfeeder? Is there anything she can't do? Well, it's time to add another thing to her ever-growing list of skills on LinkedIn. Baker extraordinaire. Baker? Baker! Now, you might ask yourself, what prompted this multi-hyphenate overachiever to pick up yet another <laughs> exacting skill set, like baking? That's just what I was wondering. Oh my gosh, like I read your mind. Where did she find the time? Well, after her stolen baby was recently returned, she found herself with a little bit of spare time on her hands and an offhand comment from her colleague from the Social Services Board about how her beloved husband would have wound up in prison for murdering her by a drunk driving oh if he hadn't altered his blood alcohol test results got her thinking. What if she ever does need to know how to bake a hacksaw into a devil's food cake? I mean, how many times have you asked yourself that? I, You know what? I've often thought, like, how do you, how do you get it in there without the cake burrowing its way into the wooden handle grooves, you know? The, like, the little splinters. It's a valid question. You know how you get splinters. It's in a cake. Fucking wood. 
<laughs> Fucking Woodbury. Woodbury. Kimberly got to work right away in her beach house kitchen, and she quickly mastered the hacksaw technique and moved on to other fun cake add-ins like butcher knives, shivs, <laughs> ice picks, <laughs> flathead screwdrivers, and that old what? classic, nails! At this point, it'd probably be easier to make a list of things Kimberly hasn't baked into a cake. Do you have a need for any dessert items with some um, clandestine sharp objects baked inside for reasons we don't need to go into? Well, you can check out Kimberly's recipes on her all-new Pinterest page. You can search for Kimberly's Culinary Creations. That's a K on Kimberly, a K on Culinary, <gasps> nope. and a K on Creations. No! Or you can find her on TikTok doing quick demonstrations of her recipes. You know, if you're lucky, you might even get to see her husband, Dr. Michael Mancini, pop up occasionally as a taste tester. Uh-oh, did she warn Michael that there's a handful of tacks in that pan of ours? You'll have to stay tuned to find out. She's got a pan of bars? A pan of bars. Oh, my goodness. I, listen, I am so excited about all the opportunities to bake things into cake. Does she? Would she also do a jello mold? Oh, that's a great question. I think the only problem I could see with a jello mold is if you're trying to hide something, you'd have to mm. find something you could pour in that wouldn't be as detectable. Or maybe, you know, maybe you could put tacks into some berries. Tacks into... And they would, they would hide in the berries. That's what they do at Halloween, Mary. That's why kids don't come to my house anymore. <laughs> you know, you save so much money. Listen, the oh, first year you gotta spend more money on tax. A little, you're gonna put out a little extra in tax, <laughs> just a little. Not taxes, tax. Yeah, yeah, from the hardware store. But then, but then you slide those taxes inside the strawberries. Yeah. Glue the top back on. Yeah. Word gets out quick. You know, you're the talk of the town, but no one knows it was you. A cat literally just walked over the laptop. Yeah, she does that. She's just so excited to hear about this innovative baking technique. Uh, but this, so this is your sponsor that you found us as the KKK. No, it's Kimberly's Culinary Creations. All with the K. Yeah, she's making fun things in cakes. <laughs> fun stuff. What, what what color cakes, Mary? Well, they have to be. They have to be. They have to not be translucent, <laughs> so that they can hide the objects. So it's a surprise. It's a oh, fun surprise. Goodness. You know what? Here's the thing that I wonder. Uh, the, and, the, and the writers of DuckTales really owe an answer to the to all of America, or at least all of the Gen Xers. Yeah. Um, were we letting cakes go into prisons? Could you could you yeah. bake a could you bake a cake for a prisoner? Can you just send a cake to jail? Can I, I don't think you. I, I know you can't now. I don't know you can't. I, I never tried to send my sister. But you know, I had someone in prison. I never yeah. tried to send a cake. I sent a letter. I mean, you could ask her if anybody there got one. I, I, I sent a letter, and I implicated her in other crimes. Just to see what would happen. Just to see. You know... <laughs> Didn't I turn like, out well. That spirit of creativity, though, it's a lot like what Kimberly uses when she does this baking. It's just, let's see what I can sprinkle in here. You it know, might incriminate this cake. Here's the thing about Kimberly and her culinary creations. <laughs> is She also put ass on a spinach salad yeah, in season did. one. She did. That. She There's nothing... Nothing she won't uh, mix into her di- dining delicatessen. She loves a mix of flavors. <laughs> Just anything to, to to tweak those flavors. Hacksaw and a cake. Hacksaw and a cake. Ass on a strawberry salad. It's, it, it's a shame that Hacksaw Jim Duggan isn't here. So that he could... Is he, did you say he passed? Why would I be updating you on Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Weren't we talking about him earlier? No. Yes, we were. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> Today? Yes. Well, we'll see when this were episode Were we talking is. about a different wrestler? It was someone... 
It had to be Hacksaw. We brought up Hacksaw's. Hacksaw Jim Duggan? And you said, what did you say? You said he was in an accident where he got kneaded. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh my god. Yeah, well, Brutus the similar, You know what? In my defense, wrestler of a similar vintage with a name that also had like some sort of butcher or hacksaw in it. But! Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Is he the one who carried the big. The two piece by of four, and he yelled, Ho! Now that was fun. before the Godfather came around and yelled, The Ho! Oh, that was a train! I like the ones in the 80s because they were a little more innocent. Like, they were still crazy, but it wasn't about hoes yet. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, he loved America. Loved America. So much. Just, <laughs> just as much as, as Kimberly loves baking cakes with weapons inside. Can we just do an episode of the podcast? Not, not that I want us to do a spinoff. I really should stop myself here. But maybe just a one-off where we just talk about professional wrestlers of the 80s that yeah. I vaguely remember. And yeah. then I'll mix them up and you can go, no, that was so-and-so. <laughs> There was a guy named Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, yep. Actually, when Steve Austin coined the phrase, Austin 316 said, I just whooped your ass, he was talking to Jake the Snake Roberts, who had found Jesus. Was he still Jake the Snake? He was still Jake the Snake. Oh, was it the the snake had more biblical connotations then, like in the Garden of Eden? And the Ten Commandments. We are really hitting up the the Lord this week. The Sabbath, we got the Ten (laughs) Commandments, we got the Garden of Eden. What else did we get in here? And we got cake... Kimberly's Culinary Creations. You know they. You know where they serve a lot of pan of bars. It's down in the church basement. You look uncomfortable. Like is this making? <laughs> it's all this. You know what it is. It's all this cult material. It's making us thinking about these things. So wait, seriously, how how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there? <laughs> Man, I told you this, right? So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season. So there's how many reboot seasons? Just the one so far. So far. Okay. But there's also, but then Mary, there's the the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover. Oh God, how long? Yeah. And and uh, Models Inc has to be covered too. Wait, what the hell is Models Inc? It, it's a two season spinoff. Of what? What do they? Of, of Melrose Place from the lady from Dynasty was on it, I think. Lady from Dynasty, my God, this was like a whole industry. And I do think nine hundred two one zero to get to understand where this show came from is probably worth exploring. I I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Ally McBeal. Does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how do you really want to be an expert in this or not? I mean, I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> okay, so we're in for all of it. <laughs> oh God.